Well, it's great to have you back with us. Another edition. It's Death, Taxes, and Duval. My name's Rick Ballou, Jaguar sideline reporter with each and every night, 6 to 8. We call it Into the Night. Hayes Carline, he is on before me from 3 until 6. He also covers the Jaguars beat. First things first, Hayes, let's thank our sponsor. Yeah, Rick, I uh, want to uh, thank Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency, my good friend John. I've known the guy forever, super Super fantastic guy, and I can't tell you how much he's helped me with car insurance. Uh, You'd be surprised at the stuff that you might be paying for that you don't need. If you haven't looked at the policy that you have in a while, uh, give John a call. Have him look at it, and uh, he'll shoot straight with you and let you know if uh, if he can beat it. And uh, my guess is he'll be able to. You can reach John at 471-7155. Once again, that is Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. We are less than one month away from the NFL draft. That is absolutely incredible. Time is flying. And, you know, it was an interesting week. The NFL's owners' meetings went on down in South Florida. Our good friend John Osher had a sit-down uh, with Shad Khan. And, you know, I thought it was intriguing to listen to what Shad had to say. I, I thought as though when, you know, he met with us recently with Doug Peterson, the announcement there, and, and Trent Bulky was alongside, that uh, Shad kind of, tried to hurry his way through some answers and uh, maybe didn't take it to the extreme or, or certainly where Jaguar fans wanted him to go. I thought this time with Osher, he did a better job. And, and the one thing that really stuck out to me, uh, uh, Hayes, is that it, it appears, I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but it appears that he's much more involved with what is going on with this club. Yeah, I, I think so. I'm curious to see if that stays, because again, with Shad, there's just so many other things in his orbit uh, that that makes him unique from other NFL owners. I mean, you're talking about Flexing Gate, which is obviously his baby. It's how he's become a self-made billionaire. Uh, they have plants everywhere, uh, all over the globe. You've got Fulham, which I think is uh, something that uh, is really his, from a sports standpoint, I think that's his baby because he's always, I think, really craved that love and acceptance in London. Uh, and then you've got the Jaguars. Uh, you know, and, and so there are so many other things that I think are higher priorities for Shad Khan uh, than the Jaguars that I don't know if that, if that hands-on approach will last very long. Uh, but but that's fine. I mean, they don't need to be micromanaged, but there there does need to be some sense of harmony in the building, and that's what's been lacking. That's why I do think uh, Shad should have hired an EVP, and ultimately, hopefully, he won't regret that decision. But, you know, Shad does what you want as an owner. He spends on talent. Uh, he, he hasn't put his trust in the right people to pick that talent, and that's no fault of his own. I mean, it's just... You know, I mean, it's not like he's ever made a hire that people were like, what are you doing? Um, but unfortunately, you know, the Gus Bradley's, Dave Caldwell's, uh, you know, I mean, to an extent, uh, Doug Marone uh, and certainly Urban Meyer, uh, you know, it didn't didn't, you know, didn't work out at all. Uh, but he spends and he has spent a lot of money uh, on free agents trying to build a winner here. I, I don't think Shad Khan wants to build a winner in Jacksonville uh, because he's passionate about the NFL. But I do think he wants to build a winner here because I think he just gets sick of having to rebuild this thing about right. every other offseason. I think Shad would love nothing more than to be the great clockmaker and you wind the clock and the clock is running and you let the clock run 
and you don't really have to worry about the clock. And and that's where I think Shad Khan is and his ownership. And there's no crime in that if the team is winning. So hopefully bringing in a Super Bowl winning coach in Doug Peterson, obviously having Trevor Lawrence, spending on free agents, hopefully that'll get the Jags to a, a area of respectability and, and they will start to turn this thing around. Yeah, you know, typically when we talk about really getting burnt, regardless what the situation is, it's it's more of a personal deal, uh, you know, a one-on-one relationship and, and what have you. But I, I got to believe that this really applies now to Shad Khan because, listen, I bought in 100% last year on Urban Meyer. Watching him stand with that workout with Trevor Lawrence, like, you know, again, to me, it was Belichickian. It, it was impressive. And then, you know, to hear the lies, but I bought him about the standalone building and, and how he researched and he studied. And, you know, guys, I got to imagine in a position like Shad Khan, where he is lucky enough to employ thousands and thousands and thousands of people, he, he probably has heard everything. And there are times that he can look at folks and say, that's not true. He's not my guy. Or, boy, that's pretty genuine. He's who I want. Uh, but he was burnt by Urban Meyer. Everyone was burnt by Urban Meyer. And the one thing that we've noticed early on with Doug Peterson, number one, he sounds like he's a real good guy. Number two, he's a football guy. And, you know, I don't want to double down here and get burnt again, but it just feels like when you hear Doug Peterson say something, it appears to be the truth. And that is so different from what Sean had to deal with this past year, uh, I'm sure that factored into his lengthy decision on hiring a new head coach. And yeah, I hate to turn around and say, you know, learn from your mistakes, Baloo. You got toasted a year ago. But I, again, seem to believe that um, the Doug Peterson, whenever he talks, whenever he says things, that it's something that I want to believe. And I, I got to hope that uh, Shad Khan feels the same way. Yeah, a lot of great thoughts there. And and what I would say, Rick, because I agree, I thought Urban Meyer would be great. And you know what happened? We were duped. Uh, Urban Meyer was the greatest Ponzi scheme in NFL history. Uh, and he sold Shad Khan, and he sold the fans, and he sold everybody uh, a, a joke. I mean, basically, he sold us a, a fraud, which was... I know what I'm doing, and clearly he didn't, and he hadn't studied the league at all. Uh, and to me, that's 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 what it was. It was a Ponzi scheme, and uh, and it unraveled quickly. Uh, you know, in in terms of, I, I was thinking about this, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this because the word that keeps coming up with Doug Peterson is normal. You know, things seem to be normal with Doug Peterson, and it's different from Urban Meyer, and that's certainly true. But I think you can extend that even further in terms of how normal have the Jaguars really been? Because I'm going to go all the way back to even Gus Bradley, who was not a normal coach. I mean, he was very player-centric. He was very, I don't want to put extra anxiety on the players. As, you know, I just want them to give me effort. If they give me effort, I don't care about the results. That was not normal. I mean, it was an interesting philosophy, and it's not why he lost. He lost because they stripped down the roster and then they made mistakes building it back up. But, but it wasn't normal. I mean, they basically took what one team was doing in Seattle and copied it, but what Seattle was doing was unique. So it wasn't really normal and how they were going about things. Then you transition from Gus Bradley into this bizarre trio of Tom Coughlin is EVP, Doug Marone is coach, Dave Caldwell is a general manager, but really demoted general manager, 
And that's very unique in the league. And it worked for a year, and it just, but then it didn't have staying power. So that wasn't very normal. Then you go from that basically to, to Coughlin being fired, but everybody kind of knowing that the Marone and Caldwell era was going to uh, just, it was a matter of time before that finally expired, and it did. So then you go to Urban Meyer, which was obviously anything from the normal in the NFL. Now it feels like under Doug Peterson, who played in the league for a long time, who's been an assistant in the league for a long time, who is a former head coach in this league, who's won a Super Bowl, it feels like the Jaguars are now normal. That that what's going on in, in this facility would be very similar if you walked into 26 or 27 other NFL facilities right now. Uh, am I crazy, or what's your uh, take on that? No, I mean, it's been incredibly awkward. It's, you know, I think the, the way that things happen in the NFL is, you know, you hire a coach that's the opposite of the coach you once had. And, you know, Jack Del Rio got lazy uh, at the end. You brought in Mike Malarkey, who, you know, was a little bit militant as far as his uh, overly, you know, discipline, disciplining his players and attention to detail. And then all of a sudden you take a flyer on Gus and he's the greatest guy we've ever met, but it explodes. I, I like Doug Marone, but Doug Marone, I mean, it was, it, it became nauseating to listen to that regardless of the situation, when something went wrong, it was Doug Marone's fault. You know, Hey, you know, <laughs> hey, Doug, you, you, your receivers dropped four passes today. That's on me. I got to coach him better. <laughs> hey, Doug Marone, you, you know, there were three offensive uh, holdings today and, and two false starts. That's on me. I got to do better. Uh, Doug, can you comment on your players being out late, you know, early in the morning, getting arrested in London? Uh, that's on me. I got to do a better job. So it, it almost became, you know, un- non-believable because once in a while to do that is fine and show that you're a player's coach. But when everything becomes your fault, it becomes far too expected. And then we have the abomination with Ermit. So, yeah, it's been up and down and up and down. And one other thing, you said that, that Caldwell and Marone, you could see the end, but they did get another year. And that was surprising. And if you remember that press conference that day, you talk about a load off. It almost looked like Tom Coughlin is out the door. We get one more year to try to fix this thing. It was like for them, smile ear to ear, knowing that the team wasn't going to win a lot of games, but yet they still had a chance uh, to take, you know, to, to continue without Coughlin being there. And of course, Marone, you know, they both went to Syracuse. Marone at one point really looked up to Tom Coughlin. Obviously, Tom was brutal to work for um, after they had the success of 2017, and it, it totally went sideways. So, you know, maybe this is a, a, a better development that is happening. I still don't know the official chain of command. I mean, the fact that all three are going to sit in a room and agree uh, to me is, uh, is fascinating because there's no way that three guys of that particular power can all agree on the same thing, including this top pick that is coming up in 30 days. So, you know, when it's all said and done, I'm still very intrigued who has final say if the clock is running and they're deciding between Aiden Hutchinson and Trayvon Walker. Yeah, and and these guys are so good at refusing to answer that question, which is nonsensical to me because you owe it to your paying customers to tell them who ultimately is making the final call when there is a disagreement and for them to suggest that 
disagreements are very rare is I, I think a complete uh, fabrication. But yeah. these guys are so good, Rick, that it would not surprise me if on April 29th, both Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke are holding a phone asking Aiden Hutchinson, are you ready to be a Jaguar? Ah, yeah. You know what? You've been on the defensive end. I still think it should be an offensive lineman. We'll save that conversation for another day. But let's bring in Trayvon Walker now, because that's kind of been the the newest guy here. Uh, Nine career sacks. He was part of one of the great defenses that we've really seen in SEC history. Uh, You know, reportedly, workout warrior, hits all the measurables, doesn't have tremendous bend. Obviously, his pass rush is limited, and and that's what I just don't understand. If you're going to use the top pick overall, you can't use it on what will become a project to learn how to get to the quarterback. So I respect the hell out of Trayvon Walker, but I just do not see him going number one to Jacksonville. It's it's way too much of a project. I'm surprised it's gained any traction at all uh, because of exactly what you're saying. I mean, you know, the the knock on Hutchinson is, well, he's a one-year wonder. Well, at least he has one year. I mean, yeah. you know, again, Walker, it almost feels like we're falling into that trap that we always are, are afraid of, which is don't put too much in the combine. Don't put too much in the athletic testing. And that's not to say he's not a good football player. He's a good football player. But aren't we putting – if the number one and two things that we're talking about are things he did at the combine, that should be a warning sign, particularly when you're talking about the number one pick. If you're talking about the 13th pick – Okay, fine. Maybe it's you, you, you give a little bit more of a, of a grace there. But you can't take him number one. There's, there's no production that tells you that this should be the player that goes at number one. I'm not a huge Aiden Hutchinson fan. I mean, I respect the people that, that are out there that love him, love his game. Uh, but, I mean, in a million years, I would never take Walker over Hutchinson if I decided yeah. I was going to go edge rush. And, and I have no problem if they go offensive line. I just don't think they're going to at this point, um, you know. But but if they decide to do it, uh, you know, I I certainly won't criticize them for it. Um, but I I do think because other than Arden Key, they they just haven't done anything with uh you know with getting after the opposing quarterback. I have to think it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson, uh, because again, those are guys we talk about. You know, the kind of players that never hit the free agent market. Well, you know, pa- established pass rushers never get there. So no. uh, if if they want to if they want to have one, they're probably going to have to invest the number one pick in it because you really don't know. I mean, you hope Josh Allen is that, and hopefully the environment will be more conducive to him showing that ability off, where the Jaguars actually I don't know have a lead in the fourth quarter every so often. But um, but you're not going to find that guy in free agency. So I I still think it probably makes more sense for them uh to to go edge and and take Hutchinson at one. Yeah, I've had, you know, some people have reached me uh, via social media and I'd probably hit you as well after Arden Key uh, was announced here earlier in the week. You know, does this change the overall plans for the Jaguars? And, I, I, you know, the answer to that, in my opinion, is is absolutely no. Um, Key will be involved. He'll be a rotational guy. Yeah, heck, he could be a snap count guy that you, you asked to come in only in obvious pass rush situations and, and, and can hopefully get some burn there. But I don't think it changes anything. Hey, as we say goodbye, we need to spend a couple of minutes on 
on Brandon Linder. Um, you know, eight years, 88 games, always injured. It, I feel like somewhat of a fool to say that I actually think this is a good thing because the Jaguars can't afford to let DJ Chark go and not get anything in return and Linder go and not get anything in return. But where I'm going with this is you couldn't trust him anymore. Um, it's not his fault, but he couldn't stay healthy. And I, I don't want to use the entire month of, uh, of now will be half of July and August where Trevor Lawrence has taken every snap from Brandon Linder. Then all of a sudden it's week three and he goes down and you enter Ty Shatley. At least now Jaguar fans understand that it is Shatley. He's a guy that has remained healthy. Is there a drop-off between Linder and Shatley? Most say that, yeah, there will be one. So I thought it was a nice career for Linder. Uh, but believe it or not, I actually think that this benefits the Jaguars in the long run. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, again, it's $9.6 million. I, I I think that it, it, it was time I would have cut him, um, you know, but ultimately uh, yeah, they elected to allow him to retire on his own terms. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I think it just speaks to how bad the franchise has been that Brandon Linder is even a player that would remotely be considered a major loss. He is a he is a above average to good starting center in this league, uh, but nothing, nothing more. And wish him the best. Uh, I know he's going to have a great time uh, enjoying the outdoors here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he just wasn't reliable enough because of the health. And uh, I, I, I would be surprised if we're in week five next year and we're sitting around saying, boy, if only they had Brandon Linder. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Next week, maybe we'll spend a couple of minutes on that. I, I, I'm really making a big deal about bringing some nasty back to that offensive line. And, uh, you know, the wall of Duval, I, I'd love to see it. But we also, uh, next week, Hayes, we, we really need to start to ridiculously hammer the NFL draft. I, I'm just looking right here as, as we wrap things up in the latest mock draft that was posted on CBS Sports. Uh, dot com and you know the Jaguars getting Hutchinson at number one then at number 33 they get a linebacker at Quay Walker and I, I'm just ripping hair out of my head you got to be kidding me where's the speed wide receiver where's more depth on that offensive line so hey we'll have a lot of fun uh, looking at that next week no question about it we will I'm looking forward to it and uh, certainly appreciate you guys listening to Death Taxes and Duvall appreciate Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency again if you're paying too much in car insurance you're not sure you're paying too much you're not sure you're paying for the right things call my buddy John Spicklemeyer at 471-7155 to get it figured out he'll take a look make sure that uh, you're on the right track when it comes to car insurance so again Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. John and I went to Bulls together. He went to Notre Dame. Great football player. Great guy. Give him a call. 471-7155. Outstanding. He's Hayes Carline with each and every day, 3 to 6. Hayes, how do the listeners get a hold of you? Yeah, please give me a tweet at Hayes Carline. And I come on after Hayes. I am on from 6 to 8. My name is Rick Bully. You can get me at Bully, B-A-L-L-O-U, 1010X. Al. Hayes, have a great week. We'll pick it up again uh, next week, and uh, certainly we'll have much more to get into right here on Death, Taxes, and New Ball.